Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We're about to get into part two of LeBar Burton, but... We are also getting into part two of the Smart, Funny, and Black Tour. Last year, we hit y'all with the Lituation 101 Tour, and we are back again this year with the You Know the Vibonics 101 Tour, hitting more cities than we did last year. If you don't know what Smart, Funny, and Black is, it's my live Black pop culture comedy game show that we take to your city, and we bring two guests that compete in games that I have written that test their knowledge of Black culture, Black history, and the Black experience. Honestly, y'all, it's the best Blackest time you've ever had in your life. Even Rebecca and Brandon had the best Blackest time they've ever had in their life. And the reality is, is that we got to show folks that this is the content that you want. We got to show folks that this is the type of things that you want to come to your city. So don't wait till a week before to get your tickets. No, plan ahead. Get your tickets now. Let these promoters know that this is the show that you want to come see and they will bring you more stuff like this. Smart, Funny, and Black, the You Know the Bionics 101 tour. Tickets on sale now. Go to smartfunnyandblack.com for yours and have a moment of ebony excellence. Yeah. It's so funky. <laughs> How have you been in show business so long and to our knowledge remain so sane? Haven't, we haven't heard a LeVar Burton scandal story. Um, and and hopefully you will not. Like we, like even Dick Gregory, like Dick Gregory didn't have a scandal story. Right. Did you ever meet Dick Gregory? Yes, I did. Dick was a special yes, he was. man. Yes, he but was. But you never heard a scandal story. No. He might yell at you. Yeah. He will He will yell at you. Yeah. Dick Gregory and I got in an argument. Did you? Because he, he was telling somebody about how if you look on the $2 bill, there are black men signing... The Declaration. Declaration of Independence. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't. So what you're saying is, and he was like, I'm talking right now. Do not interrupt me when I'm talking. I'll, I'll get to you when I get to you. And oh I was like, my. brother, wow. I can't take it. Okay. And we had just done a moderated conversation where like both him and I were on stage as equals, which also, by the way, is foolishness. But but there you are. But I'll take it. Yes, indeed. And you know, so we had had a certain level of familiarity that happened from just being on that stage. And then we were, and that's when you remember like, oh, you were, oh, oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I just had to exit because I was like, you are not about to get into a fucking back and forth with no, Dick Gregory no, up in this school. No, not, not, not <laughs> Uncle Dick Gregory. No. And the brother that was in the room was just like, he gave me that look like, sister, I'm with you, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't I go can't, there. I can't even do nah. it. So just take your leave and yeah. I'll cover for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, why, I mean, what do you think has kept you, not even afloat, but solid footed? Or, enlighten us, was there a point where you just were like, I lost my way? Yeah. Near the beginning. It like was overwhelming. Yeah, it was overwhelming. What, what what exactly was overwhelming? The, like the fame? The or? fame, the attention. I was on the cover of Time magazine at the age of 19. Christmas addicts. 
Um, and it, it, and, and, and everywhere I went, and I mean, I, 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 I did promotional tours for Roots in Italy, Japan, Amsterdam, you know, I traveled the world and, um, and the attention was intense for a 19 year old to, to, to process. Digest. It's also trippy that you were in a film where one of the cornerstone, like poignant moments of the film is your adherence to your name. Yeah. I'm Kunta, I'm Kunta, I'm Kunta. But right. then in real life, yeah. you are now stripped of your name, LeVar. Yeah. And everybody's like, you're Kunta, Kunta, Kunta. And yeah. like having to like I, flip I, I had to, that I, switch. I, I, I had to embrace that too. I had to embrace that too. I had to stare down the possibility that the, the, most successful thing I will ever do as an actor, I have done at the age of 19. That's wild. I had to deal with all of that. I had to reconcile it. I had to make space for it in my life. And in order to do that, I needed to be still. And I wasn't still. I was kind of frantic. It was the 70s, though. You know? Touche. Okay. okay. All right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. there were substances involved. <laughs> <laughs> the whisper voice <laughs> there were substances involved there were things that took us to places we came back we did and thank god and i'm really grateful for that and i'm grateful to have been able to come back to to what turned out to be a pretty firm foundation that was provided by my mother irma jean moms mm -hmm. so then you get you do a, a couple other projects mm -hmm. then you land star trek did you know reading rainbow came before star trek did you know, though, when you did Reading Rainbow, though, that it was going to be iconic? No, not at all. Right. I just thought it was a good idea. And did you pitch Reading Rainbow or did they come to you? They, they came to me. Got you. Yeah. And then, I'm just curious, like, what made them come to you? I was on my way uh, to Africa um, and, and was... Wait, do you know that I have a joke about this? What? Shut up that you were on your way to Africa. Okay, I have a character named Topher Shanks. Topher Shanks. Topra. Topra Shanks. Okay. Topra Shanks. Topra Shanks. I'm going to show you this video when we leave. Okay. I have a character named Topra Shanks who's a guru. All right. She's a mix of Oprah and Tyra Banks. Topra Shanks. Topra Shanks. And then put in Ayanla Van Zandt. Oh, my, my. We're helping people. We're saving lives. We're, We're saving, healing. We're healing the world. We're healing. Glow on, goddess. <laughs> and I have a web series that I did called Get Your Life. and in Starring Topra? Yes. Okay. And in the show... Like my character, Amanda, has to like be a part of this film that she's like, this is this feels like it's going the film is called Negroopolis. <laughs> so she's already like, what is this bullshit? And she takes the job because Topra had like called her and was like, I want you to be in my film. And she's like, fine. But she knows it's some bullshit. So she's at the table read. And at the table read, everyone's so obsessed with Topra that they're not even admitting that this is trash. This and then Topra like good. addresses everybody. And when she addresses everybody, she tells them um, that she came up with the idea for this while she was on vacation in Africa <laughs> with her husband. Uh -huh. And they were on a tore down the Nile being led by LeVar Burden. <laughs> the fuck out of here. That's crazy. And <laughs> here you come while well, I was on my way to Africa. <laughs> and then she proceeds then wow. she proceeds to sing uh, Reading Rainbow. What? Yes. So uh, when you're sitting uh, here telling me that I'm like get uh, get get. Wow. Get out of here. So you were on your way to Africa. And uh, and um, there used to be um, 
on the news on, cha- on, on NBC Live at 5 with Sue Simmons. In the middle of the news, they'd, they'd, they'd have this black woman doing interviewing celebrities, uh, which was really cool. And uh, I was sitting there talking to Sue Simmons. and, and um, I like her name. Yeah. Sue Simmons. Sue Live Simmons. at 5 with Sue Simmons. Live at 5 with Sue Simmons. New York staple back in the day. And um, they tracked me down. Uh, they, they found me at my hotel uh, and pitched the show to me over the phone um, before I left, uh, before I left town. And when I came back from Africa, uh, we shot the pilot. So you go from there mm-hmm. to then again, like when y'all, start, cause Star Trek Next Generation was already, you know, on the heels of the Star Trek franchise mm-hmm. it, that was already a win. Yeah. That, so did you all know, because it was the first one. It, we were. We were the first iteration post the original series, yeah. So did you all know that, that it was going to blow up like that, that people would rock with it? No, we did not. In fact, there was quite a bit of blowback at the beginning. Um, a lot of a lot of press about um, mm. people who didn't have room in their hearts for another Star Trek cast because they were so loyal to to Kirk and his crew, right? And then inevitably. Uh, the story would become. And one day I was sitting there flipping and I stopped and I got hooked because I recognized that it was pretty good storytelling. Right. Um, and, and, and I was kind of skeptical about some of that blowback when we were premiering as well, because for me, I was a Star Trek fan. My family and I, we well, that were, was my next question. We were, were you we, a Star Trek fan? Huge before? Star Trek fans. My mother, my sisters, myself, we used to watch it all the time. Look, I grew up in the in the '60s, in the '50s and '60s. Right. So, seeing black people on television was really important because there were very few instances where we could see ourselves on television that wasn't the nightly news talking about body counts in the Vietnam War <laughs> so or serious. crime in the inner in, inner cities. Star Trek had a black woman in the command structure on the bridge and was responsible for the first interracial kiss on television in America. Star Trek was radically. Right. Progressive. progressive star trek had a had that's a, so wild <laughs> just uh it had an asian man and a russian during the height of the cold war oh you know what I there was a russian man on the bridge see that was the thing. i never thought about that star trek was Scotty. radically Wait, no, not Scotty. uh check off and sulu check off talk about check off yeah. check off and 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 sulu was the asian so huh. i loved star trek and and when when I was approached about coming in to audition, I only had one question. Is Gene Roddenberry involved? Because I, th- I figured if Gene Roddenberry was involved, then it had a shot of being good. Legit. Legit. How do you like the new Star Treks? I have not seen Discovery yet. I haven't seen Disco yet. Um, I've heard really good things I've about met, it. I've met, I've met some of the cast members. Uh, I, um, my brother, Jonathan Frakes, is directed over there. Okay. Uh, he speaks very highly of all of them. I've, I've had a couple of meetings with Alex Kurtzman. Um, we're talking about a couple of things. He's the man that has the keys to the Star Trek kingdom right now. Um, you are also a director. Yeah. I, I, this is how I met you. Y- yes, that's, that's true. We were... In the airport. Yeah, I was on. I was on my way to New Orleans, and you were on your way to New Orleans to to make a speech at I think Tulane, um, and I was on my way to direct NCIS. Nola. So how's the directing going? Love directing. As a storyteller. Yeah, it's great. It, you, you, it's hard to have more fun um, with with your clothes on. <laughs> it, it really is. 
It really is. Because for me, directing is as much about leadership as it is about vision. Please speak to that. Um, Leadership. I I see it. I see it as a as a job that requires really solid leadership skills. You have to get 140 people all moving in the same direction at the same time. Yes. All pulling to achieve the same goal. You can't do that without somebody taking the lead. Now, whether it's an assistant director or a producer or the person who's supposed to be at the head of the ship, the The director, director. somebody's the power abhors a vacuum. Somebody's going to fill in. Power abhors a vacuum. I just also want to point out the reason why you hear me calling out words because the only way you're really going to get a vocabulary, people on the show always talk about my vocabulary. You read. And that's it. <laughs> you read. That's it. And that, people are always like, how'd you get all these words? And it's like, because I read. I read and them. A lot and then times, I looked them up. And, and then, then I, I looked, applied them to my own conversations. It's not rocket science, y'all. But those steps are no longer really taught. <sighs> a friend of mine was, was on a date and she heard the guy on the date say, man, that was a real fox pass. And she was like, hmm. she hadn't been paying attention to anything he had been saying up until that point. And that got her attention. And she was like, I'm sorry, can you just say that one more time for mm-hmm. me? And he said, it's a real fox pass. And she was like, do you mean faux pas? Oh, 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 I, I suppose he did. Yeah. And he was like, oh. uh, is that how you pronounce it? And she spelled it on a napkin. Yeah. And he said, oh. And he was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Fox and she pass. was like, oh. wow. Yeah. That, yeah, it's it's faux pas. And she was like, have you that ever. Was an adult. That was an adult. That was an adult in that conversation. She was like, did you ever see the word yeah. off the page? Like, have you ever. And she he was like, no. no. Like, he had never no. ne- done ne- the never, diligence. And never looked it up. But he had context for the. For the definition. And that's the bugged out part of it. Right. So he got that right. So like he had the the context right, but right. he didn't have the like the simple just pronunciation. pronunciation. He hadn't taken that step. And I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah. But I think that like I get scared, LeVar, about how far we've gone with lacking of reading and like just our kids and their disconnection with reading as a value. And I keep saying this because I think that it's become so positioned as just like a thing you do at school. Yeah. A thing you do for school. Yeah. That like, if you don't have value beyond it, that's deadly. See, I I grew up in a household where my mother was always reading for her own personal enjoyment my mother, like two three books at a time i mean concurrently simultaneously reading two or three stories keeping it all straight in her in her head and so i grew up knowing that my mother didn't just read to me she read in front of me and that's how i learned the importance mm. of the written word through her example people ask me all the time how do i get to keep my kid to read more i ask them two questions number one do you know what your child is passionate about because it is our passions that tend to drive our reading appetites, right? Number two, do your kids see you reading? Right. Because if they don't, it won't take on the importance that you, I believe you want it to have in their lives. That's major. Because I really saw my mom reading my whole life. Of course. Yeah. I grew up in a house where reading was like breathing, you know? 
And not just reading magazines. No, we had, we took we took two newspapers when I was a kid, um, and 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 I went to Catholic school, so we were always having magazine subscription drives. You know, trying to raise money for this, right. that, and the other. Um, we were encouraged to go to the library. Um, yes, libraries libraries are underutilized resources in this country. Libraries are awesome. Um, even just as a space, it just feels good in a library. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I do. So, like, remember when Samuel Tarley yeah. walked into right. the, the library? At, yeah. Yes, yeah. the Citadel yeah. in Town. Yeah. And you're just like, because the books around you just, I don't know what it is. It's like books are spirits. They, they, they are, and, they, and, and they're magic. Books and records they for me. They just want to give up their secrets. All you've got to do is know how to crack the code. So my graduate thesis was that the hip hop album is a continuation of the African American narrative. Yes, agreed. Um, because in the in the vein of jazz and rock and roll. Well, the hip hop album specifically, I connected it to actually the literary narrative. Got because it. Call and response. Uh, well, just in terms of telling stories, telling like stories. your your storytelling is an integral part of hip hop that I feel Absolutely. like is being lost. Right. In the same way that we're talking about reading, being Chron- lost. chronicling our lives. Yes. Right. Got it. And like the importance of Black folks specifically telling our own stories yes. versus our stories being told by, by those other people who are not of us or for us. Right. Right. And so right. and and don't certainly don't understand us. And don't even try, and you know, don't even try, which is why I created Smart Funny in Black, which I like one day you have to come and do Smart Funny yes, in Black. Yes, like, I'd love to. I mean, it's on record. Smart Funny in Black is my black pop culture game show, but it's that's a that's the bottom line of it. But really what it is, is it's a black cultural experience that takes black culture to church. It feels like a mm. revival. Mm. It feels they've been there and they're both like, yeah, like it feels like. I don't even know. It's just the blackest shit you've ever been to. Okay. And you were in roots. I was, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've been the answer of questions on the damn show. <laughs> so there's okay. that. All right. But um, but just in terms of the black literary canon. Yes. You know, and getting into just the importance of reading those particular titles. Yeah. And what it means to have value there like for MCs you know I come out of hip hop and like I know so many MCs who realized that they became better MCs when they started reading of course like it was like oh shit I don't need to read because of school I need to read because I'll just be a <laughs> better rapper I have something I want to say and it yes. will help me express myself yes duh and it's like why why do you think though that I mean is it enough to say that it's the scholastic attachment that makes people that would make someone so like not consider that. Cause you're like saying duh, but I think for them, it's not even a duh. It's just like a, I had no idea. I think it is a legacy. I honestly do believe this to be an aspect of, of the legacy of slavery, which, which we all know is racist. racist. Mm. There has been where the education of its citizens of color are concerned a concerted effort on the government of the United States to provide um, only when forced what passes as the, 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 the legal definition of a comparable education for, for black kids. And you better talk kids, about Yellow Bob Burton. As, as we have traditionally provided for white kids, we have failed miserably. 
at that obligation, which we took upon ourselves. But again, we have to understand that the history of America is one where we are often talking out of the sides of our neck as a nation. In our dealings with other countries, in our, in our dealing with our own past and history, we still have trouble acknowledging that we stole this country from the native inhabitants of the indigenous people who were here before we got here. Those us being the European hordes that came and settled on a, 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 a mandate by God. Right. By God, by the same God that said, enslave those folks. Hello. And then sell them and then sell them religion. Right. And then sell them Jesus. Well, you know, interpretation of things is, is for me where reading gets scary. The many ways that like the Quran can be interpreted, sure. the many ways that the Bible can be interpreted yeah. and the way that the ability to read has been wielded as a weapon. As a weapon. That's right. That's right. So I think that there's a sti- there is a, in the black community, there's a stigma about education. There's a stigma about being able to learn how to read. And it's not a positive one. Generally, it's negative. And because if, 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 you, if, if you are a reader, then you are probably an articulate speaker. You, you, you know how to use the English language effectively. And if tongue. you do that, then you just talk in white. Well, you're talking to an Oreo here. Hello. So, so check out our episode, Side Effects of an Oreo, starring Broadway's Michael James Scott, currently playing Aladdin's genie on Broadway right now. Public service announcement brought to you by <laughs> Amanda Seals. I don't think you really truly understand how much. Do you know how much you're loved? I I I I don't. It's not something I focus on. Not focus. I'm saying, no, do you but know? I I I I feel like I have an inkling. Yeah, but I, I don't know that I could ever know the magnitude because I could you never get to. everybody in the same place at the same time. Who well, a lot who of feels right here way. on this podcast. Okay. Well. Well, I just say that because I want to make sure you get your flowers. Yes, that that much. It has been uh, one of the one of the joys of the last decade or so, um, encountering that the generation of of young people of color who grew up on reading Rainbow, because I wasn't sure they were out there. Mm. Right. I was I was I wasn't sure how much PBS actually penetrated into households. What I've come to find out is PBS was for people who were really really poor. Some of the only TV they ever got. Literally. Right? So that 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 connection that I have runs a lot deeper in the black community than I ever anticipated because I expected it from roots, but it, it's sort of, it did not sort of. It never really materialized because black people were, con- were 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 conflicted about roots. Right? They're conflicted yes. about, about yet again, here is the story being brought up and put in our faces. Can't we just not talk about it? I say we got to talk about it until we acknowledge it. I mean, not just the black people in America, but the white people in America as well. Right. We don't stop talking. We don't stop telling the Holocaust story, do we? Never. Never. Because it's a story that shouldn't stop being told. This is what I'm saying. It's why, it's why I was involved in the remake of Roots. Because I believe it's important to continue that story, to keep it alive in this culture. Shout out to Kofi. Right? What do you say to the writers listening? Mm. Um, who are 
either in the process of penning something yes or in the process of building up the 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 courage yeah to, to write something yes i'm, I'm gonna challenge you to up your reading game because it will make you a better writer i think it'll even make you a more courageous writer yeah at the very least at the very least it can help connect you to your imaginative self, to that divine spark. Inspiration, right? From the Latin inspire, to breathe in. You can't inspire, right? You can't connect with divine energy unless you are what? Breathing. You just gave me a whole word. I, I'm, I, inspire. Inspire. To, in, to, in, to in, inspire, to, to, to yeah, breathe but in. To, but to to breathe I never in. knew that the it Latin came from to breathe, to breathe in. in. That's correct. Breathe in is is inspire, and and it's the root of inspire or inspiration. To breathe in, to connect with the divine spark. That's how it happens. Gosh darn it. It's always a joy when shit lives up to and exceeds <laughs> what you hoped it would be. Amanda Seals. You know, if you came up in here and were like, I don't really talk much. I'd be like, God damn it, Lamar Burton. We've been waiting for this for two years. You know, there was very little chance of that happening. <laughs> You've well, met me before. <laughs> my last question for you actually is what how do you choose the books that you read on, on the your show podcast? on pa- podcast? Yeah. I have the best producer in the business, Julia Marie Smith, and she sends me Actually, I don't know, because I've got some pretty uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, like okay. Good folks right present here. company excluded. <laughs> my bad. Apologies. Apologies. <laughs> um, Julia's Julia sends me um so many suggestions. Um, you know, the, the, the problem with the, sh- the show is that it's, I have to keep the format um, under an hour, mm. right? So I do an introduction. Yeah. I, I introduce the, the, the story. I read the story. And then I do a postscript on the story and all in, you know, a within finite a finite amount, amount, of amount of time. So it eliminates a lot of the stories. In fact, I'm going to do a two-parter Please. this season to accommodate a story that's just so good. I can't not read it. And it's too long for one episode. I like that you do the characters. You know, it's not just it's so good. Lavar Burton reads is not. Ju- it's not just you reading. No, it's, it's me reading aloud, which is my favorite way of, of but storytelling. But it's literally like a one man table read. Yeah, I mean, you're giving us characters. Yes, like I'm interpreting the author's words. I'm interpreting the author's vision, but I'm doing it with 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 my voice. I'm. I'm editorializing in terms yeah. of the emphasis that I put on on words and the and the words that I de-emphasize because, because I'm, I'm telling, telling the story, story, right? I'm taking, I'm assuming the character of the storyteller and I'm speaking their words for the audience. That's an interpretation, which I, I think is the purest form because it's you, the text, and a listening ear. Now, you've said in this podcast that, you know, we have to tell our stories. Yeah. Why? It's the one thing I think that we can all agree upon that connects us as human beings. Like music, right? Mm-hmm. Music it has a connecting f- uh, factor. Mm-hmm. Um, Storytelling does too. And, and at the end of the day, it's the only way we can get to know one another so that we can discover the commonality that we have and de-emphasize uh, where, where we feel like we're not alike. 
Is the commonality in the fact that just on a basic bottom line, we all have a story? Yes, and that we are a species that is designed to tell stories. Are we? Yeah, we are. Look at our senses, you know, um, touch, taste. I mean, the, 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 the storytelling mode of moving pictures and sound is the most sophisticated tool for shaping and, 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 and influencing consciousness ever created in the history of civilization. Moving pictures and sound really capitalizes on the human instrument where it lives, right? Hmm. Moving pictures and sound. That's why movies are so powerful. That's why TV is so powerful. The storytelling done in a visual medium like that, it just goes to the essence of what human beings are in terms of being a sensory organ, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that's why I say storytelling connects us all. It reminds us about our common humanity. It's something that we all have in common. Well, all of us on this show have in common a deep admiration, Mm. respect, and love Mm. for the, what's your middle name? My name is actually Levardis. L-E-V-A-R-D-I-S. It just got better. Yeah. It just got better. Lavardis. Lavardis is my name. How how black is that name? That is the most <laughs> Negro name. Lavardis. Lavardis, come here and wash these dishes. Lavardis, you don't get your ass over here. Yep. They just sent Lavardis out to get a switch. Right? Mm-hmm. I had to go get the belt. Lavardis <laughs> going to get the I had to go get the Levartis. belt. Lavardis. Lavardis. L-E-V-A-R-D-I-S. Lavardis. That's right. Lavardis. Robert Martin Burton. They put Robert in the middle. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. They're and like, I'm going to smooth it out. Yeah. Right? And then I took Martin. Uh, I used to be a Catholic. So I was when I was confirmed as a teenager, I took I took Martin. Um, you're supposed to take the name of a saint. There weren't any black saints. Um, but there was a blessed Martin Depor. He's a saint now. But, okay. he, but he wasn't a saint then. Um, but he's a black saint now. He's a black saint now. They was like, we need to get in. Martin Depor. Yeah, he was the first. He was yet. the first. He was the first. It took he a long time. He was the first black saint. Yeah. He was canonized in the 80s. I what? 70s or 80s. Yeah, 80s. Yeah. They got a brother in the mix. Now. There's so many jokes going on in my head right now about <laughs> what that did for heaven. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Made he it was legit. Up there, like, yeah. we need to get some hot sauce for this right. communion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this bread is just, uh, Jesus, come on, man. You know. Come on. Where the chicken Spice at? Spice it up. Where the chicken at? Where the chicken where at? Where the chicken at, Jesus? Well, Lavardis. <laughs> That is the best. Now, I mean, now I feel like we're so much closer. Fish calls me Lavardis. Very few people call me Lavardis. Lawrence Fishburne calls me Lavardis. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. The, I mean, that's even better because he yeah. has the linguistics yeah. fish, to handle Lavardis. Fish knows what's up. Yeah. 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 Well, you're one of the greats. We are honored to have you. Uh, it's a pleasure, really. Here genuinely. On genuinely. Small Doses. Yeah. And, um,. The book, the literary component of mm-hmm. this podcast mm. is coming out October 22nd. So only fitting that we would have you. October 22nd. It's now. Okay. So, you know, it's time to pre-order, isn't it? Soon. Okay. Yes. The, uh, the, the cover was announced this week. Oh, nice. So okay. we are, uh, ent- I am entering the literary realm. Good for you. 320 pages. Nice. It almost killed me. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> because you think you can write a book. Until you try to write a book and you're like, oh, I'm not as adept or disciplined 
or anything that I thought I was. It's, it, it, it is the, for me, it is the hardest thing I do um, writing it, because it's solitary and, 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 um, and very lonely. Mm, and, uh, yes. and, and the, 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 the night is full of terrors. <laughs> you better say it! The night is dark! And full of terrors. Full of terrors. Yeah. Well, Vlamogoulas. Um, <laughs> thank you again for joining us. Yeah. And you can check out LaVar's podcast. LaVar Burton Reads, mm-hmm. wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you get your podcast. It's a great podcast, especially if those of you who are out there and you're like, I need to read more, but I don't get a chance to sit down and read. Well, Let me kind read of you a story. Yeah, it's Let kind me of a read cheat. It's kind of a, a, a Cliff's Notes. Yeah. It's kind of a. Uh, it's just another way to enjoy literature, really. It really is. Yeah, because I'm and a big fan of audiobooks. I love audiobooks. People keep telling me, like, you better do an audiobook for your book. And it's like... Yeah, you, I, you will read your own book and, and you will fall in love. I don't know about that, but I will read it. <laughs> <laughs> I will read it. I, I yeah, but I, my, they're already like, what's the next book? I'm like, ma'am. Let me take a nap. My agent is like, so what's the ideas? I'm like, but now I'm so mad at myself because now I've gotten very... I don't know. I've just gotten very in love with the idea of writing a novel. And I'm like, so you trying to write something even harder than what you wrote before? Great, Amanda. That's awesome. I'm very proud of you. Follow that impulse. Now I got to do it. Lavar, you have Lavardis. To do it. Yeah. Now you have told to do me. It. And for the record, y'all, Lavardis is sitting up here with a fitted. And on the back of the hat, it says HNIC. <laughs> just so we're clear on who's here. Just so we're clear on who's here. LB on the front. <laughs> the front says LB. Wait, can I get this on camera, please? My wife's going to hate this moment. <laughs> the front says LB. Hold on, let me get my. Here we go with Mr. LeVar Burton. The front says LB, but the back says. Ah! All the brothers in the house. All the brothers in the house. Let me hear you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Let's not get it twisted, okay? <laughs> this is the best day of my life. <laughs> well, Amanda Seals, behold then the only thing greater than yourself. We didn't even cover Lion King! Oh my God! <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. This was fun. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amanda. And for the record, I feel like I need you involved in the next Black Panther. So I need you to work on that. Talk okay. to your, I talk actually, to your... I am trying to work on that. Thank you. Talk I, to the... I want to be in the next Black Panther, too. Yeah. I'm too light-skinned, so I've already let that go. I've okay. come to my peace with that. All but right. I, that means that I need all my brothers and sisters of a darker shade yeah. to get the... I need you. I just need you in there. I'm holding out some hope that they might give Kunta some love. Oh. <sighs> I didn't even think of it that way. It only makes sense. Right? It only makes sense. Ugh. Just All right. saying. Well, I feel like this is, um, I could do this for another two hours and we can't. So thank you so much. Again, listen to LeVar's uh, podcast, LeVar Burton Reads. And, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking about something to read, here's some options. A book I just read that I, I continue to talk about this book, Homegoing. Really enjoyed the book. Um, you know, the person I'm seeing, he asked, he was like, give me some books that I can read that I will find interesting, but that ain't about like some street shit. You know, that mm-hmm. ain't about some hood shit. Great. And so the books that like my fingertips 
uh, just kind of navigated to were James Baldwin's If Bill Street Could Talk. You cannot go wrong. You can never go wrong with James. James Baldwin. Uh, the, he was reading the, the titles of James Baldwin books and one of them was Giovanni's room and he was like, yo, that's crazy because I have a cousin named Giovanni and his room ain't shit. His room is always messy as shit and I always find myself going, y'all need to handle Giovanni's room. Because that shit is smelling up the whole house. And here we go. There's a book. There's a book called Giovanni's Room. (laughs) That's a sign. (laughs) Then uh, I also brought out Chinua Akebe, When uh, Things Fall Apart. Sure. Which is a classic and beautifully written book. Mm -hmm. I brought out Sam Greenlee. Of course, what we just talked about, Spook Who Sat By The Door. And I brought out uh, Octavia Butler, Kindred. Kindred. Anything by Octavia. Anything by yes. Octavia. And Octavia is one of those unique, she's an incredibly unique writer yeah. in that she is very authentically black and yeah. very authentically sci-fi. Yes, she is. And you're like, how do those two worlds come together? Because oftentimes in sci-fi, black people are not there unless they're wearing a visor. <laughs> Octavia Butler is, is, is huge for me. Um, she was the first person to point out to me how living the black experience is science fiction. Yeah. Ain't it though? Yes, we are the other. Always are, always will be in this culture, the other. And our lived experience is is that of science fiction. Well, see y'all next time. You don't got to take my word for it. Mine either. Ba-dum-bum. The last dose. That happened. Woo! Y'all ain't fucking with me, man. Shit. A podcast network.